0: Welcome to the High on Life podcast, where it's all about empowering you with the medicine and the mindset to healthfully lose weight and thrive beyond the scale. I'm your host, Dr. Sasha High. What's up, my friends? I'm so happy to be back with you today on this episode of the High on Life podcast. I am sharing an interview that I did on Dr. Tamara Beckford's podcast called Your Caring Docs. This was recorded about six weeks ago, and she interviewed me um, about emotional eating and how we can kind of drop into our emotions and stop the buffering behavior that can sometimes lead to weight gain. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Let me know by sending me an email, Sasha at SashaHighMD.com. All right, here we go.
1: We are so, so, so excited, Dr. Sasha High. How are you? I am amazing. Thank
0: you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be with you today also. Oh, I think I'm
1: more excited than you are, right? (laughs) (laughs) Today, you are going to be helping us. And like I said, this is something that we all can relate to. Today, Dr. High is going to talk about emotional eating, right? And why do the healthy behaviors that we know we should. That's right. Talk to us. Give us all this wisdom. (laughs) Just let us know why are we like this. Yes. All right. Well, first things
0: first is the idea that most people do know what healthy eating is, right? Like most people don't have a knowledge gap. It's that we somehow don't do the things that we know we should be doing. So it's always an implementation problem, much more than a knowledge problem, right? And that is because... We need to get to the root causes of like, why are we not eating on our plan? What causes us to eat things that we know are not the best choices, but maybe they taste good, or maybe we have urges and cravings, or maybe we just want to de-stress or we're celebrating, whatever the reasons are, we need to go to those root issues. And the thing is that most people who don't kind of understand this, they're just going to look for a diet, right? And they're just going to be like, oh, I got it because I didn't figure out the right diet yet. So let me try Whole30 or let me try Paleo or let me try Keto or maybe it's because I have to go to Weight Watchers, right? It's like, actually, no, like you you don't need someone to tell you that it's better to eat whole foods than processed foods. It's really, let's get to the root issues of what causes us to go off our plan. So, you know, when people search for diets and then that doesn't work and then they like, quote unquote, fail, and then they just search for another diet and then they fail again. They get into this really vicious cycle. It just creates the sense of like learned helplessness of like, this is hopeless. I can't do it. I can't lose weight. I can't control myself. And it's it's not the fault of the individual. It's really just that they've been looking at the wrong thing. Like dieting isn't the answer,
1: right? Mm, absolutely. Yeah. And, and you're so right because you go from one to the other, to the other, well, you know, maybe keto is for me. And, uh, you know, but then you're like, oh, I feel so crappy with eating all this processed and fat, maybe I should go to paleo, or maybe I should go to this, or I should go to that. You know, so we really start to become a little bit of our own barriers, right, to some of this, because we just don't have so much of the understanding. So one of the questions that I want to know is there like a chemical component to this? Or, you know, what is inhibiting us from doing mm-hmm. this? Are you just behavioral, environmental? Like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: So great question. And it's a little bit of psychology and a, it's a little bit of our evolution and it's a little bit of chemicals. So let me kind of break it down. Really? Um, this, are like a very powerful part of our brain that is responsible for motivation and our drive to do things mm-hmm. is our limbic system. And that part of our brain is thousands of years old. It's a subconscious part of our brain and it's really geared towards our survival. And it has three main instincts for survival. Okay, the first one is to seek pleasure. Things like food and sex, which are essential for the human species to survive, Mm -hmm. um, produce pleasure. So the brain is motivated to search those things out. out. The second is to avoid pain or danger, what our brain thinks is dangerous. Mm -hmm. So, you know, thousands of years ago, we had physical dangers that we had to escape. But now we don't really have physical dangers so much. Like uh, it's, you know, most of us don't Mm -hmm. have physical danger, but we do have like, emotional pain that our brain perceives as danger and wants to avoid, wants to escape. And then the third motivating factor is to use as little energy as possible, Mm. right? So if you think of that, seek pleasure, avoid pain and use less energy, those three kind of survival instincts that are motivating our behavior and are very impulsive Mm -hmm. um, are going to make us eat more and exercise less because seek pleasure in the context of food is like, yeah eat yeah. more tasty food. And like the more processed, the more tasty, the better. I want to go get that. Yes. And <laughs> less energy is like, no, I can put my work off, like my workout off until tomorrow. <laughs> like right. So our kind of default position as human beings is to eat more and exercise less, which mm. is the opposite of healthy behaviors, unless we, you know, purposefully are working against these survival instincts. So that's kind of like the survival side. And then the part of our brain that, you know, this primal limbic system, one of the main neurotransmitters is dopamine, which is the part that is responsible for motivation and Mm. pleasure. And so that's why our, you know, our brain kind of tends to um, go for foods that are going to give us a lot of a big hit of dopamine, right? And the food industry is very smart food industry knows this, right? They know that they want to make money by getting us to buy more food. And so the the foods are like engineered to really, really give us a lot of activity within our reward brain and lots of dopamine. And so our brain just learns like, oh, that must be super important because I got a lot of pleasure. I better seek that out again. Right? And so A lot of people just end up thinking like, oh, it's a willpower issue. Like, I just don't have willpower. But there's a really interesting um, and complex, like there's underlying physiology that explains why we struggle with this,
1: right? Absolutely. I think it's even, I remember watching a documentary many, many years ago about um, even the crunch in some of the food, like engineered to give you that sound. And I mean, it's this, there's a scientific um, background to all of what's done. So you're thinking it's a totally. chip, <laughs> but no, you know, they've decided like what amount of pressure that you need yeah. to do, the sound, the effect that it has on you. And like you said, the pleasure center that it releases and therefore you want more chips because, you, exactly. you know, it's exactly. all of that pleasure. And then what else do you want to do? You don't want to go exercise. So there you go, right? Because right. the system, oh my goodness. Right. right. So there right. You know, what are some techniques based on now, you know, there's a scientific portion to this. Um, and the average person is not thinking about that, right? You know, they're thinking, like we said, I have loss of willpower, I'm just... I'm not as motivated, you know, maybe it's not for me, but you know, we know that that's not true. And, you know, so there are some techniques. So please enlighten us with some techniques for some of our listeners who might be struggling and now is enlightened, like, wow, it's not you. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Well, I'll kind of break it down into three points. So
0: my, the number one point is that if we, if we're talking about emotional eating, emotional eating is not to do with the food. And as long as we keep focusing on the food, like, oh, if I change it to this food or I find this diet, we're just going to miss the point, right? Emotional eating is uh, a buffering strategy, strategy, which is buffering is anything that we do to try to avoid feeling The uncomfortable feelings, right? So, stress is uncomfortable, anxiety is uncomfortable, sadness is uncomfortable, grief is uncomfortable, anger, all of those quote unquote negative emotions that we have been taught like we shouldn't really feel that way, like you shouldn't be feeling stress, it's a bad thing. And so, we mask those feelings instead of processing them, instead of allowing them through buffering behaviors and overeating is just one of them. So emotional eating is just one form of buffering, but it could be that you overuse social media, you overuse uh, Facebook or Netflix because you're avoiding feelings. It could be that you overdrink, right? It could be um, you overspend. So there's a lot of different ways people do that. So the very first thing, if emotional eating is a form of escape, then actually what we need to do is just allow the emotions. So the idea of not needing to escape unpleasant emotions. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, this is sort of foreign to a lot of people because remember our brain's survival instinct is that's dangerous. That's bad. I better get rid of this as quickly as possible. Like grab a cookie, grab another glass of wine, whatever that might be. Mm-hmm. And so, um, one really simple kind of, um, simple trick that people can remember is noticing and naming. So I actually like to get people to say like, I'm noticing that I am feeling restless right now and giving a name to the emotion. And what that does is instead of just like, you feel bad, but you don't really know what the emotion is exactly. Like most of us are just like bad, sad, glad, right? Like we have a limited range of emotions, but there's thousands of emotions. So taking the time to like okay, what am I feeling right now? I'm noticing that I'm feeling anxious Mm -hmm. um, or I'm noticing. So you notice and you name the emotion. And what that does is just kind of validates that experience. And the fact is that we're supposed to feel a whole range of emotions. We're not supposed to be happy all the time. Mm -hmm. And one concept that that I love from my teacher, Brooke Castillo, is the 50-50 principle that 50% of life is like happy and positive emotions and 50% of life is negative emotions, right? But in our effort to always only feel happy, that's when we get into buffering and over, you know, all those escape behaviors, which then end up adding to the net negative. So allowing the emotion without trying to escape it by going through the process of, I'm noticing what I'm feeling and then naming the emotion.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And then once you can kind of notice and name and like recognize that it's okay. You don't have to escape the negative feelings. The next thing is to start learning your patterns. Mm. So emotional eating is just one part. Like the actual eating behavior is one part of, a chain of events. So in DBT or dialectical and behavioral therapy, it's called a behavior chain analysis where you actually plot out like, this is everything that happened. Mm -hmm. I had this vulnerable, I had a vulnerability. So for example, for some people being home alone, when their spouse goes out of town is like something that makes them vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And then you might have a prompting event, like your boss got mad at you, you had a bad report that day. Mm -hmm. And then you have these links. So the links might be all day long. You're beating yourself up in your head, telling yourself how you're such a failure. Nothing's going well. So you're just building. Stress is building. Stress is building. And then nine o'clock night happens and like, you know, all defenses are down and the, you know, you're feeling all this buildup of stress and tension and anxiety. Mm-hmm. And the easiest thing to immediately relieve that is to go to the fridge or the pantry and get
1: snacks. snack. Right? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm I'm huh. to all of this, and I'm like, oh my goodness! I can see how this incorporates in me. <laughs> I think <laughs> this is so awesome because this is something that we all can relate to. All so, of us, yeah. You no, know, I am an ER doctor, and we're in a pandemic. Woo! Okay, so in the ER, and I work only overnight, so I'm a doctor. Oh gosh, <laughs>
0: can't even imagine that. Oh my goodness. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes and then when we say that the crazy things happen at night crazy things happen in the daytime too but super crazy things happen at night yeah. and I can see near the end of my shift when you talk about that buildup. like everything you talked about is exactly what happens to me during days when I'm like ah, I need to just go to the doctor's lounge or someone says they're going to the doctor's lounge and I said just bring me a chip because I'm like ah. Oh. Because it's that buildup, everything that you mention, like you know, I'm trying to wait for these labs to come back. This patient is getting sicker and sicker. This is, yep. the, and it just tends, and and then I want the relief, and then a lot of time the relief, you're right, is at the end of the shift when I have to finish and complete these charts because it's like you're reliving some of these things over again. Yeah, yeah. So, well, yeah, now I understand why. <laughs>
0: Yes, well, totally. And like, you know, I remember when I was in residency doing those overnight shifts, my thing was second cup, which was in like the lobby of the hospital, Mm -hmm. and either getting their croissant or their chocolate (laughs) chunk cookie, right after every overnight shift. And at the time, your brain also comes with all of these justifications, right? Like you've worked so hard. The ER has been crazy. You deserve this. Like that was a terrible night, right? So your brain comes up with all of these justifications too. But the problem is, is that that part of your brain, that reward part of your brain is only interested in the short term. Yes. Right? So it's not really interested in the fact that that chocolate chip cookie really is not in alignment with your health goals long-term. It only cares about what's going to give me pleasure and help me escape pain right now.
1: Yes, absolutely. It's, that's my, that's the buffer that you're mentioning, you know? So naming it like, oh, this is a stressful night. I'm feeling a little overwhelmed, but I can get through it. Give me some water.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So noticing and naming is great. And then, you know, kind of reminding yourself, you know, yeah, this is going to make me feel good for maybe the 20 seconds that I'm chewing it and it's in my mouth. But once I swallow, like once this food has gone down, I actually don't get that same pleasure anymore and the stress isn't going away. So maybe I can find, you know, another, uh, like more helpful stress relieving mechanism that isn't going
1: to have a long-term net negative effect in my life. Absolutely. I think I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to start doing <laughs> squats. Yes. So if you see a doctor and an t- artist just squatting away, that's me. <laughs> All right. That, that, that isn't the first thing that came to my
0: mind when I was thinking stress relief, but if that works for you, that is amazing. Go for it.
1: <laughs> yes, 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 yes. So now that we, you know, we have an idea of what happens with our emotional eating, you know, the stressors, the pandemic, I'm pretty sure there's so many people who are going through this. And there are so many people who probably have gone and learned some of these positive techniques that we've talked about and have been incorporating it. But then the pandemic came and then they've just relapsed. So what are some of the things that we can do to help those who have gone through and relapsed get back on track?
0: Yes, it's so important. So the first thing I want to say about that is that relapses are a part of the journey. So I like to call them setbacks, okay? Oh, setbacks I love that. are 100% normal. They are actually an, a part of the journey that I tell all of my clients and patients. You need to anticipate setbacks because it shouldn't be a surprise when it happens because it happens to all of us because we're human. And as humans, we are not perfect, right? So the first thing is to not make it a problem. Not a problem. You had a, you had a setback, not a problem. That's all right. That's just part of the journey, right? Um, And then the second thing to notice is like the story that you tell yourself about the setback. So a lot of my patients will say things like, I knew it. I knew I could never stick with this. Look at how many times I failed before. And they basically just talk themselves down, right? Like we all have that inner critic and all of that negative self-talk just heaps on more disappointment and feelings of failure. And we're just like making it harder and harder. But if you can normalize setbacks and be like, oh yeah, it's just actually, this is part of my journey. It's part of my growth. What can I learn from it? And you use a really objective, non-judgmental, self-compassionate approach of just being like, okay, so this is what happened. Oh, you know what? I was super stressed and I didn't actually take some time for myself. I didn't give myself some time to just like process through it. And that's why I had that binge eating episode, right? Um, Just what can you learn and take forward with you? Because if you can learn from it, it wasn't a loss because you grew from the experience, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think if we can always look at our quote unquote failures as opportunities to be like, okay, how can I learn? How can I move forward with this? Then we'll just kind of keep failing forward instead of quitting every time we have a setback.
1: You know, it's so interesting, even just hearing the word, it's so powerful how the mind is and how when we say words matter, it really does. When I totally. say collapse, I had a negative emotion to that word. When you yeah. switched the word to setback, it released so much stress and saying, yeah. like, oh, that's just a setback. And that within itself is so powerful, you know, so when you're naming it and you're using more positive words and like you said, anticipating that I will have setbacks. and yeah. Normal collapses. So I'm not adding a negative connotation to exactly an emotion or a a, a process that will happen because we're not 100 percent perfect. Wow. Exactly, and then yeah. and then using it as an opportunity for growth. Wow. Exactly. Well, I had a setback, but why? Okay, now I see why. So if I'm in this particular situation again, maybe I can adjust this way and then I won't have a setback the next time and if I do keep adjusting until I no longer will have setbacks right
0: yeah yeah (laughs) it's so important and can I add one last thing about that um a lot of times when people think that they're like quote-unquote relapsed or having a setback our brain tends to focus on the negative right so our brain will be like I've gone totally off the rails. I've messed everything up. I've fallen off the wagon, right? Like that's, I hear that a lot. Mm -hmm. And yet it's just because your brain forgets to remind you that you actually had some wins, right? So one of the exercises that I think is so important is to actually force yourself to figure out like, okay, but what are the wins you had? Because your brain wants to paint a really negative picture and tell you how you're like totally off off track. But like, let's, let's look for a win because there's always a win. There's always like, oh yeah, you know what? I did overeat, but I didn't kind of go into a downward three-month spiral of binge eating like I would have a year ago. So actually, that's progress, right? And we can totally, when we search for those wins, I like to tell my patients, we're going to search for treasure because right now your, your brain's really focused on the trash and that's not helping you right? When you focus on the trash in your life, you just bring yourself down. But we all have treasure and we all have trash because we're humans, right? It's just part of the human state. Let's mm-hmm. focus more on the treasure in your life, the wins that are there. They're just under the surface because your brain's not seeing them. Let's see them. Let's bring those to the surface because that's
1: going to empower you more to keep moving forward. And I bet that once you do that, you start realizing how many wins you had and how. Exactly. (laughs) It's really an off-balance scale, but our mind amplifies the negative. Yeah. Yeah. Amplifies it. So this is really, really, wow. So interesting. I told you guys that she is the real deal. I (laughs) have gotten so much from just this conversation and I feel so good inside. Good. (laughs) Yes, I did have that but guess what I came home and I ran on the treadmill yeah <laughs> you got you found the win Yeah, so good so good absolutely absolutely okay so now that we've delved all into <laughs> others I'm so excited to try to find out a little bit more about you so what do you Dr. Sasha do for fun
0: oh my goodness okay well um I kite surf Ooh. yeah do you know what that is not many people, not everyone does. So the yeah. One, yes. I know you're like, <laughs> this one, this one, this one. People are listening. They're like, what are you guys Those even doing? You guys doing, are listening. Right? Yeah, we're doing here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I kitesurf and my husband kitesurfs and we actually both did it independently before we met and that's kind of how we initially connected when we were dating that we were like, "What? You kitesurf?" You know, you know that's- <laughs> uh, <laughs> So we are both obsessed with kite surfing and all things water sports and wing surfing, which is like a new sport that came out a couple years ago. Um, so I am usually, you know, when the weather
1: permits, out on the water somewhere wonderful 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 this is awesome so <laughs> if you guys if you're not seeing her in her high metabolic clinic you might see her kite surf and you can wave that's right right oh wow. that's right so now that we've talked about where two of the places that people can find you let us know where else <laughs> <laughs>
0: Awesome. Yeah. So the, probably the main place you can look for me is Sasha highmd.com. And from there you can link everywhere else. So I am Sasha high MD on Instagram. My clinic is the high metabolic Clinic.com. I'm also on YouTube and Facebook under the same name. So I'd love for people to come check me out. And I do have a podcast uh, coming out later this month. It's August right now. So high on life podcast, uh, as well.
1: Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Like I told you guys, she is the real deal. So those of you guys who are in Canada, um, in the Ontario, Newfoundland, Nova Scotia area, there is no reason for you to ever worry about your emotional eating because you have the real deal right there taking great and excellent care of you. And I'm pretty sure that she's going to be bringing her talents online for others so for those of us who aren't over there to physically stop in at her clinic she has a lot of online community and information right am I correct that's right
0: yep I have an online coaching program as well so you can join the wait list for the next one Uh, we have one for uh, our best weight program as well as uh, stop overeating mastermind which is for women
1: who want to stop stress and emotional eating Oh, wonderful, wonderful, Dr. Sasha. (laughs) This was so much fun. You know, this was like jam-packed. This is like high metabolic jam-packed info. I feel like we did. We covered a lot. We covered a lot. (laughs) Oh, I am so happy that Dr. Sasha High stopped by our your Caring Docs, Docs Who Care, because she obviously is one of the fantastic docs who care.
0: Thanks for joining me today. If you enjoyed listening to the High on Life podcast, please take a moment to subscribe, share, and review it on Apple Podcasts.